Welcome to the Prescription for Living in Houston podcast, where we go over exactly what it's like to work, eat, sleep, and play right here in Houston. Good afternoon. We are here with Dr. Varan Hagshanas. I hope I said that correctly. Um, and we're going to be talking all about the Linkwood area um, uh, in Houston, Texas. And uh, good afternoon. How are you doing today? Well, I'm good, Dan. Uh, I'm Varan Hagshanas. I'm an orthopedic spine surgeon. And I'm um, really excited to meet with you today and talk about Linkwood. Oh, fantastic. Um, so you kind of, I don't know, how, how long have you been in Houston now? We have been here for 24 years. 24 years? Oh, wow. And where, yeah. did you, where did you originally move from? So I was born in Iran, and we immigrated here when I was 10 years old to the Katy area. And I've pretty okay. much lived here my whole life. The furthest I've ever gone is San Antonio for medical school. And, um, okay. and so kind of growing up around here. My wife is from Sugarland, um, and she's also kind of been, been around here all her life. Okay. And how did you decide on the Linkwood area then? So um, when we were both in training, I'm, I'm out now, but my wife is still in her radiology residency. Um, we had to pick somewhere that was close, and we also had a family, um, so we needed space. So, and it had to be affordable, right? We were both in training. So we, Linkwood kind of checked all of our boxes. It was within 10 minutes to the medical center. Um, we had, you know, four bedrooms and, um, you know, for, for our two kids. And um, yeah, and it was affordable for us. So that, that was kind of our, our criteria when picking it. And when did you buy the house? So the, the house we just bought it a few months ago. In, in okay. our neighborhood, we've lived here in our townhome for a little over three years. And okay. finally, you know, when I got my big boy job and it was time to, you know, we, were, we got approved for a huge loan and we're like, all right, let's start looking. You know, we started looking at West U and Brazewood and Bel Air and all that stuff. And, you know, we're both kind of excited. We're going to get a big house and do all this stuff. And basically what we were looking at is, you know, the commute was one. It had to be close. The other things yep. we were looking at were, were flood zones. So this was, you know, we were both around in Harvey and we kind of saw the devastation and all that. Um, so we were both adamant that it had to be outside of the 500-year flood zone. Um, and that's something, you know, People that are kind of new to the area sometimes don't think about, um, but that that was huge for us because you know we just saw all the horrible stuff. So it had to be outside the 500-year flood zone, ideally be a little bit elevated, um, and basically what we were looking at with the really nice neighborhoods like Westview and Bel Air, and they they had you know good schools up to a certain age. Like you know Westview has a great elementary. But then the middle school and high school, they're kind of so-so. So a lot of people end up going private at that point. And, and kind of the same story in different areas. And we were thinking, okay, I mean, we can buy a you know, $2 million house and, and, and live there. And then we're going to send our kids to private school um, anyway. So the area we lived in, Linkwood, we have five great private schools that are within five minutes of us. And we thought about, okay, you know, why don't we just start them off there, you know, from the beginning and, um, and we get to have a much lower property tax and a, and a lower purchase cost for our first home. 
Um, and we also like that some of the private schools that are close to us, they're K through 12. Um, so the girls can kind of be there until they go off to college. Um, so that was another thing, you know, that kept us in Linkwood, um, even though, and then the final thing was we've been renting for over three years. We knew all of our neighbors. Um, and so we knew kind of the good and the bad of our area. And we, you know, yeah. we were like, okay, we're not getting into anything new. We, we know all of our neighbors. And, and um, so that's how we kind of bought our townhome, just two, two down from where we had rented. Oh, so convenient. So convenient. So, so you, you and a couple of buddies just get the sofa and just walk those two houses? Or did you have to go through the same process of loading up a truck and going down two doors? Yeah, it was just loading up the truck and drive, you know, about 30 <laughs> feet and then unload. So they didn't even get a break. Oh, that's funny. Um, you hit on the commute first. So let's, let's hit on that one. Um, because so you've got the super easy commit to the med center. But your um, practice and office, which we'll talk in a little bit, um, you're, you're going into the Heights. So talk to us about that commute. So without traffic, it's about 15 minutes. But even in the morning, I usually drop the kids off and then I'll hit 610 to, to come up to the Heights. It varies probably between 20 to 30 minutes. Um, okay. Not terrible. And for my wife, it's you know just 10 minutes to the med center. Yeah, it's super convenient. Yeah. Um, prying my wife out of that area, um, took, took, took the twins and, uh, three sets of stairs that they almost fell down to before she realized, yeah, we need to, we need to get out of here. So he loved that commute. Um, so convenient just going right up, uh, Maine, I guess is what it is. Um, so do you, do you operate any place else where you have to commute? Um, I do. I, I operate at uh, Methodist Med Center, Methodist West. Um, I'm getting credentialed at Texas Orthopedic Hospital, Memorial Hermann Greater Heights, and um, our group has an ASC and, and kind of a couple of little smaller facilities as well. So a little bit all over Houston. So yeah, that's what I like to talk about because there's a lot of physicians obviously that practice at multiple offices. Um, so how would the how would those different commutes stack up for somebody that's going to be thinking about Linkwood? So, yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely a lot easier if you can be in one spot. Um, and, you know, certainly a lot of my friends that work for a hospital, they're just in one place. That's their whole practice. I think for someone like me who's private practice, regardless of where you live, you're going to have to probably drive around to a couple of different hospitals. Um, yeah. My partners live in Memorial and they're still kind of having to drive around. So um, you just try to pick the one facility that you're going to be at the most, and hopefully that's the closest to you. Um, right. And then, yeah, kind of go from there. And essentially you're, you're, I mean, more or less you're inside the loop, right? There's the, you know, kind of when people think about inside the loop, they think of inside 610. You're just, just outside of it a little bit, right? Um, so you're still central, that's that's still probably the key in most cases you're probably going um against traffic i would you know i guess it's all kind of traffic but are you going against traffic or, or do you see much when you're when you're heading out to the different different offices i i see a little bit once i get to um 610 right before i 10 and also kind of the what i like about where we live is we're like pretty much right on 610 so my wife can go straight up Maine to Med Center, and I can just get on 610 and get to the Heights. 
Whereas if we lived in, you know, West U or somewhere, I would basically have to come down Main to 610 or go along the bayou and get on um, 610 going north. Um, yeah. So it's kind of nice for, for both of us um, to just be really close to 610. Great. So you still got the young kids. So so if you're taking the kids out, what, what restaurants are you looking to, to go to with the kids? Our favorite one that we can walk to is called Don Pepe. Um, he makes really good tamales and there's these really good agua frescas. I made the mistake of calling it a juice once and he was like, no, it's, it's agua fresca, sir. <laughs> you got to get it right. You got to get it right. Yep. But yeah, that one's great. It's really close to us. And um, if we ever want to, you know, we're <clears throat> frequent flyers at Chick-fil-A. We've got like three of them within five minutes to us. Um, and all the little amazing places, you know, in Rice Village and Westview, um, those are all really close for us too. Yeah. How about how about for a date night? What what, what are your couple go tos if you're just going to go out with your wife? What what is a date night? I don't really. <laughs> I, listen, when mine were that young, I don't remember many either. So yeah, you know, we don't get a lot, honestly. Um, one thing that's kind of fun that we do is there's a monthly um, citywide spine conference that it's open to all the spine not just spine surgeons, but like pain doctors, radiologists, anyone that works around the spine. Um, okay. it, and it's at a different, really nice steakhouse um, every month. So my wife and I sometimes go to that. Um, and there's a couple of kind of radiology spine um, combo couples there that come. But that that's kind of the closest thing we have to a date night. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> I understand. How about entertainment? Um, you got some, I know there's a lot of parks through there, um, but what else do you guys like to do for entertainment? Yeah, we go to Cliffwood Park a lot. Um, there's also um, the Woodbend Park that's really close that we kind of, we can walk to. Colonial Park in West use like a four minute drive. Um, we love the Children's Museum. We have um, memberships there. Um, the Natural Science Museum, um, we go there. We were doing soccer shots for a little while, but um, my my daughter, you know, she's not a, not too big into that. So we're trying different things right now. Gotcha. How about uh, thinking about swim for anything? Yeah, we tried Wolfie's, and the second she went underwater, she just freaked out and like tears and freaking out the whole time. And um, so we're just kind of doing it on our own. We'll we'll visit the grandparents and kind of swim around their pool. It's a little bit lower stress for them. Yeah. Um, when we, we got our kids in swim early and that was our son, our son did not like it. That first day was, was tough. I think I was traveling. Um, I was out of town and, and my wife sent me some of the videos and it was just, oh, it was just heartbreaking. Right. And, but um, I think in Houston, it's just such an important thing. There's so many pools, so um, we just had to had to keep them keep them going. So, Absolutely. Um, let's see. So, any you know, we talked about some of the activities. Um, you've been in the area for a long time, either renting and now you recently bought. How much growth have you seen uh, around the Linkwood area? Actually, a lot. There's just townhomes popping up all around us. It's getting gentrified pretty fast. I think people are kind of finding that it's, uh, you know, one, relative to everything else around us, it's really low cost. Um, two, it's out of the 500-year flood zone. Um, and 
So I think people are starting to discover it. They just built like six new townhomes like right next to us. Um, it's still a little more kind of industrial, um, but it, it's definitely getting gentrified pretty fast. Yeah. Um, I know that those two areas kind of, um, what is it, east east of 90, right? Like those, those areas popped up and just, I mean, those houses went up very, very fast. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there's there's a lot of building. Um, what about do you see many teardowns happening? Are people buying up maybe some of the smaller, older homes and building? I haven't seen much teardowns. Um, there's still a couple of empty lots around us um, that I'm sure they're just kind of pending, you know, being built up. And one thing you mentioned about 90 that I should mention, you know, we're west of 90, which is good. Mm -hmm. And we're also um, kind of west of that train track that goes there. And we're um, east of the train track that runs straight up and down kind of through West View and River Oaks. And that's really key because the worst thing you want in the morning when you're late to clinic or whatever is to get stuck behind a train. So this is yeah. kind of a sweet spot in that you can still go straight to the med center. There's no trains and you can hop on 610. And, and, and I have friends that live on the other sides of the train and they've figured out kind of ways to go around it. But, um, but it's nice to just completely avoid it altogether. Yeah, no, that's absolutely the case. And then with the, so many different apps, right, about the different, you, and you've got multiple points that you can get on 610 if something's, you know, a little accident or whatever it is, if she had to, or excuse me, if you've got to jump on 610 to, to get around. Um, what about other conveniences? I know there's that Walmart right there. Um, you know, you've got kind of the Randalls up up Maine, um, or yeah, yeah, Maine. What, what other, um, what other kind of conveniences do you have there with regard to shopping? Um, HEB Myland is our go-to spot. It's about six minutes when we get on 610. Um, we love it. It's, I think it's like the only kosher HEB in Houston or something. And they always oh. have really neat, like, you know, foods around different holidays. Um, it's like they have basically everything we need. We're there like multiple times a week. And the Lowe's right there across the street from it I'm there way more frequently than <laughs> I probably need to be. Um, but those are both like within five minutes. So we're always at either HEB or Lowe's, a um, couple of little restaurants around there. Um, one of the nice things about buying somewhere that was like super reasonable in our price range was we could update it a lot. Um, mm -hmm. So we, we did a bunch of renovations and you know, kind of remodeled our bathrooms and everything. and. Um, you know, we were able to make it look really nice and comfortable for our, ourselves um, while still, you know, staying in budget. Fantastic. So you're a DIY guy then? Yeah, a little bit. And I had a lot of help along the way and, you know, just a couple of little fires here and there, but nobody got hurt. <laughs> no, that's that's key, right? Um, so what, what's your favorite, what was, what's been your favorite DIY project? That's fascinating. Um, I, I love our floors. Um, we, the previous owner, um, she had updated the first floor, but the rest were just kind of, you know, grungy and squeaky. And the, the, the townhome that we rented for three years, the floors were so squeaky. It was great for security. You could never sneak up on anybody because um, they squeaked so much, but it, it would drive my wife crazy, especially when the girls were little and we're putting them to sleep and you try to sneak out and they wake up and now you're just like in there another hour. 
Um, yeah. But, but yeah, we redid all the floors in the whole place um, and they don't squeak. <laughs> and we got like the softest carpets from Lowe's and all, for all the bedrooms and, and they love that. And um, I've added like a little, it's like a Swedish ladder. So I can work out on it, but I can also add like, um, like swings and um, slides for the girls. Um, oh, so excellent. it's something we kind of get to do together where we, where we're active and working out and not just, you know, watching TV, um, sure. which we, we do plenty of as well. But, um, yeah, I, I like our workout room. Um, yeah, all the bathrooms are great in the backyard and front yard. We made it all turf. Um, so we don't have any oh. bugs. Um, I don't have to water it ever. It just looks awesome all the time. Um, yep. I added a nice playground in the backyard and um, put some awnings that go from the townhouse to the fence. So it's like our little shaded bubble with just turf and playground. And and, um, and so, yeah, I mean, it, it definitely suits our needs right now. If you're looking to move anywhere in the Houston area, don't forget, we'd love to help you out. Give us a call or shoot us an email at dan at dhsrealtygroup.com. Fantastic. Uh, the, back to the squeaky floors. So. Um, if you're going to do the whole tooth fairy thing, um, squeaky floors are a problem. But yeah. the other thing you're going to forget is, so when the when the kids are young, they you know they sleep with the door open, right? So you put them in bed, the door is open. But as they get older and they want to have some privacy, they start to close their door. But they still like that tooth fairy money, right? Yeah. Well, you got to remember, put a little three-in-one oil on those hinges because... You know, you go in there and you try to open the door. It's like squeak. And you're like, oh my lord. Those are pro <laughs> so, right there. That, was, that happened to us, uh, I think, a couple weeks ago. It just reminded me when you said the squeaky floors because yeah. the the squeaky hinges always got me. So, um, oh, I, the kids. I, I remember when they were when they were that young, two and four. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a. Uh, Four is starting to get better, though, I would I would say. Four and five, that's when it starts getting really good. Um, Thank you for joining us on the Prescription for Living in Houston podcast. We've had a wonderful time discussing what it's like to work, eat, sleep, and play right here in the heart of Texas. If you're considering a move to Houston or within Houston, we're here to guide and assist you. Don't hesitate to reach out with a call or an email at dan at dhsrealtygroup.com. And remember, the charm of Houston lies in its diverse neighborhoods. So make sure to tune in next week where we'll be exploring another vibrant neighborhood in Houston, offering insights into its unique lifestyle and opportunities. Until then, stay safe and keep envisioning your perfect Houston living experience. Goodbye for now, and we'll catch you in our next episode. Welcome to the Prescription for Living in Houston podcast, where we go over exactly what it's like to work, eat, sleep, and play right here in Houston. Let's talk about the pros and cons. Um, kind of, we hit on a lot of stuff, so maybe we just summarize. What would you say the pros are of of being in Linkwood are? Um, costs definitely. Um, you can, you know, use your funds for lots of other stuff because it's certainly the lowest cost area that we found. Um, and out of the flood zone, that's big for us. Um, multiple private school options all around you. Um, really close to kind of HEB, Lowe's, entertainment, all that stuff. Um, 
those are the main pros and and also our little townhome complex so it's one street with townhomes on each side you have to drive up a little ramp so it's the whole place is four feet elevated but nice. without having to be like on steps and things like that because you, you drive onto it and you don't really right. experience that you know you don't have to walk upstairs like if you've got um groceries or something with you sure so those i would say are the main advantages the disadvantages are um you know the space we don't have a huge backyard it's really small um so that's a drawback um the outside the area outside the gate isn't always you know the safest so i would definitely like i wouldn't go jogging and do do that like after dark so that's a drawback. However, because it's within a gate, we it, it feels pretty safe inside our little bubble. Uh, but outside is still pretty industrial and things like that. So that's a drawback. Um, but I think it's mainly those two things. It's, it's the space and also the, uh, you know, it's just not as refined as some of the nicer neighborhoods. Yeah, no, I think that, that sums it up very well. Um, and but like you were saying, I think that a lot of people are figuring that out, and so they're they're doing a lot more development in that area. And then with all the conveniences and just the overall growth of Houston, I can imagine that um, that area is going to continue to get better and better. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was a great summary. So let's thank you for joining us on the Prescription for Living in Houston podcast. We've had a wonderful time discussing what it's like to work, eat, sleep, and play right here in the heart of Texas. If you're considering a move to Houston or within Houston, we're here to guide and assist you. Don't hesitate to reach out with a call or an email at dan at dhsrealtygroup.com. And remember, the charm of Houston lies in its diverse neighborhoods. So make sure to tune in next week where we'll be exploring another vibrant neighborhood in Houston, offering insights into its unique lifestyle and opportunities. Until then, stay safe and keep envisioning your perfect Houston living experience. Goodbye for now, and we'll catch you in our next episode. Welcome to the Prescription for Living in Houston podcast, where we go over exactly what it's like to work, eat, sleep, and play right here in Houston. Let's get into your practice and what you do. Um, I know that you are one of the very few that actually practices in your specialty. Um, so I think that's uh, endoscopic, right? Um, right? So let's let's talk about your practice and, and kind of what you do. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm an orthopedic spine surgeon. I, I can do the gambit of adult spine surgery, you know, from the biggest stuff to the little stuff. My, my passion though really is um, endoscopics. And, um, it, you know, if you imagine like 30 years ago when they did a meniscectomy or something, they used to open up the knee and fillet it open and do it. But now, you know, nobody does that anymore. They all put little cameras and do the, do shave the meniscus or whatever they need to do. This is kind of the equivalent of that for the spine. Um, it, it lets us, you know, shave away a little disc or something um, in a very, in the most minimally invasive way possible. Most of our patients don't take pain medicines afterwards, just maybe Tylenol. They're kind of back to normal life very, very quickly. Um, so really the benefit is just a um, faster kind of short-term recovery and less pain. What's the name of your practice? Um, my practice is Texas Regional Physicians. 
I have um, two other spine partners and one um, orthopedic sports um, partner. And we also have three pain management doctors as well. Okay. Um, and then do your, do your patients kind of uh, run the gamut across or do you tend to specialize in, in one group of people or one group of ailments, so to speak? You know, we, we're a fairly younger practice and we, we see everybody. We see everyone from kind of the older patients with, you know, degenerative problems to young active people with like an acute disc. Um, but yeah, we kind of see all, all, you know, adult orthopedic problems. All adult, no, no, no yeah, kids. We we don't really see much peds. We tend to kind of um, refer that to some of our friends at Texas Children's or other great children's hospitals around us. Okay. Now, adults is kind of eighteen plus or sixteen plus. How does that kind of? Yeah, generally kind of sixteen plus. Okay. I don't know if it was a size thing. Um, my my daughter, she's um, she's tall for her age. Right. Both my kids are pretty big kids. And they're always telling me how they're big enough to sit in the front seat, but you know they're not old enough. So you know, there's a the whole difference between you know you're big enough to be an adult, but you're still a kid. So yeah. maybe that's just not my question. Um, what would you say is unique about your practice, um, is as a whole, and then we'll kind of get more specifically into what you do. Yeah, I think um, I think it's very since we're pretty young, it's very easy to see us. It's very quick to see us. Um, so. Most patients, you know, once they make an appointment, we can see them within 24 to 48 hours. And I know in general, it can take a while to see, you know, a spine specialist or a sports specialist. So we really try to cater to being very accessible to our patients. We see them very quickly. Um, we're very personable. We really try to go, you know, the extra mile for our patients um, for whatever they need, whether it's referrals or anything, we, we try to be really available to them. Um, and, you know, that, that's mainly kind of it. We, we try to really make things as, as easy as possible for the patients, just from beginning to end, be super kind of concierge in, in, in what we offer. And now, in the med center, obviously, it's parking is a mess. How is it in your, at your practice in the Heights? Oh, it's super easy. You, you're literally parking within two minutes, you're in, in, in the office. Um, it's super duper easy. It's free parking, um, and, and a lot of people kind of enjoy that. Yeah, no, that's a huge thing. I, I know when my knee blew up, um, the last thing I wanted to do was go into a parking garage and across the parking garage and navigate elevators and all that stuff. Right. Um, and so that, that does make it, make it better. So being one of the few people um, that do the endoscopic, how did you get into that? Like what was... What was that process of, of going from kind of maybe more typical spine surgeon to maybe very specialized like you are? Um, I actually first saw it, you know, maybe three years ago or something just on YouTube. And uh, and I was like, wow, I didn't know that was possible in spine. Like, is that for real? And it was some German surgeons doing it. And I, I really wasn't that familiar with it. So I started researching it and then um, I started to kind of get to go to some courses. And in my training, I was lucky enough to work with um, two really amazing neurosurgeons at Methodist, um, Meng Huang and Paul Holman, who both do this and, and they taught me. And, um, and I really saw just firsthand the difference of it. The patients were just 
so much better afterwards. They had very little pain. A lot of them didn't even take the pain medicines that was prescribed to them. They were out having dinner with their families like the same night. And even though a microdisc is generally a small surgery, usually people are still kind of for a week or so having some soreness, not really, you know, getting out and about too much. But doing it endoscopically, like they were, you know, having birthday party dinners and stuff like that, like that evening or the next day. And, and just that quick early recovery really um, fascinated me. And I was like, I need to get, you know, really good at this. And, and so I, I learned it in my fellowship and I went to a lot of different training courses. And I'm, I'm really excited to offer that as part of my practice. So what are some of the typical injuries, or I, I keep using the word ailments, if you can help me with that word, um, that you would, that would lend itself to do endoscopically? So mainly um, radiculopathies, meaning if someone has a disc herniation and they've got pain going down their leg and, you know, it's something acute, um, those, once they have tried all the, and, and most of these get better without surgery, by the way, you know, they do therapy, they may do an injection, you know, 90% of them get better without any kind of surgery. But for the ones that don't, it's a really nice, minimally invasive option that can pretty much, you know, instantly take care of their leg pain. And I also really like it for kind of unilateral cervical radiculopathy. So if someone has pain going down one arm, for example, um, if, if the disc is lateral enough, you know, we can take care of that through the back, just shaving off the bone spur and doing something we call a foraminotomy and take the disc out. And that takes care of the arm pain. And the benefit of that is you're not having to go through the front and do a disc replacement or a disc fusion, which, you know, obviously those are amazing surgeries and they, most people do great with them. But if you can avoid having to put you know, metal or plastic inside someone, you try to do that, um, you know, at least in my practice. Okay. So these are just more repetitive use injuries, or are they more like slip and fall types of things that trigger some of these? Yeah, kind of all of the above. So, you know, any anyone that has like a acute disc herniation or even, you know, kind of a chronic radiculopathy, as long as the anatomy lends itself, it, I try to you know, offer this as much as I can over a fusion or a disc replacement, which, which again, are good surgeries, but it, this is like a one step above an injection, but one step below like a, you know, a fusion or, or disc replacement, something like that. Gotcha. Now, do people tend to kind of come or come into your practice through maybe the pain management? Hey, I'm, I'm really having trouble, you know, give me a shot or um, whatever it may be, and then sort of then trickle into well, hey, this is more serious. Let's let's take a let's take a deeper dive. Um, is that how it comes about, or or how do you normally how do patients normally kind of come to you? Yeah, I mean that's certainly one pathway. Others come through primary care groups around us that we've built relationships with. Um, I saw several patients just through Zocdoc. They just go on there, find me, and make an appointment. And I can see them, you know, within 24, 48 hours. It's just kind of all all different avenues. Gotcha. Are there some things that people can do um, with regard to physical therapy? Mm -hmm. um, is that maybe a... Do people not take advantage of that enough maybe to do some therapy or some stretching and so like that before they 
um, or before they hurt themselves for real? Yeah, I mean, physical therapy, and I especially love this free app. It's called The Back Doctor. I recommend it to all of my patients. Um, it's free. You go on the app store, you download it. It has guided workouts that start at a very easy level for people in back and neck pain. And then you graduate to the preventative program, then to recreational athlete, then college athlete. And I tell my patients their goal is to get to professional athlete, you know, within six to 12 months. And it has guided programs for the low back and programs for the neck. And I tell them to do it at least 20 minutes every day. And just think of this like medicine. You have to take your medicine every single day. And I just kind of encourage them to make, you know, doing this as part of their lives for the rest of their lives. And it even has some lifestyle tips in there, like anti-inflammatory foods, like turmeric and blueberries. Some of my patients just don't want to take any medicines. So it's a nice alternative for them. Um, it has some mindfulness and meditation, which can bring down anxiety whenever someone's in acute pain. Um, I really love the Back Doctor app. Um, I'm, I have no conflict of interest <laughs> with them. I just think they're a great app. I use them myself. You know, I have my mom do it. I literally tell every patient to do it. Um, but yeah, I mean, patients that generally can do that and make it part of their lifestyle, they just do so much better um, overall. No, that's, that is so good. I'm, I'm going to do that myself. I, um, I've been on... You know, I've been improving my fitness and, and eating and, and I know when I'm working out a lot and or like I was I was cooking all day the other day and running around all day, my hamstrings get really tight and then that locks up my lower back and so yeah. I got my little heating pad right now and I'm just trying to do some extra stretching. Um, so I will I will definitely check that one out because I think too often we uh, rush for a pill yes. or, uh, you know, rush to a doctor um, when some of the things that, you know, we could maybe maybe be a little bit more aware of ourselves and, and some of the actions that we can do. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. What are some of the other things? Um, I'm always curious, like, what are the other questions I should ask, right? Like, what what's um, something that kind of differentiates what you do with regard to maybe everybody else or... Um, yeah, what, what would differentiate your practice and yourself besides the endoscopic? I was going to say endoscopathy, but that's not, that's not proper. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're so blessed to live in Houston, honestly. We have so much amazing um, hospitals here and, and healthcare facilities. We have the best medical center in the whole world here. Um, and so I think just the people in Houston are very, very blessed to have all these resources. And and with us, you know, we do all the latest and greatest medically, but, but what we really try to add is kind of the personal touch and really, you know, go the extra mile for our patients and being available to them and, and spending that extra time with them. And, you know, going over, like every patient I have, I, I review their x-rays with them, their MRI with them, you know, really spend that extra time trying to educate them and empowering them to, you know, take control of their back pain or neck pain or whatever is bothering them and, and, and empower them to, you know, put them in the driver's seat and, and know that, you know, there's a lot of tangible things that they can do to lead a functional, you know, active life. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think we're, you know, we're, we have a lot of great hospitals and great doctors all around us. Um, and, you know, we try to kind of do our best here too. 
Well, that's awesome. I, I do think that um, as insurance companies have, have pushed down reimbursements and um, doctors are often forced to just have this assembly line mentality. And I know the doctors want to spend more time in, in with their patients, right? Um, so the patients don't feel like they're just kind of, you know, a, a cog in the, in the process. Um, I think it's super important that people feel like, because they're in pain, they're, they're, they're having trouble functioning, and they want to be able to kind of get help. And sometimes it takes a little while for patients to open up and maybe talk about some of the things um, so that the doctors can really help them. So being able to spend that time with people, um, I think is fantastic. Um, how, how could people get in touch with you? Um, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Um, they can, um, if they just look up Texas Regional Physicians, um, they can make appointments online. Um, or our office number is 281-673-4360. Uh, they can call, make appointments, or do it through ZocDoc. Um, it's pretty easy to kind of get in with us. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much. Um, I know I want to keep to the time frame that we had I could I could ask a lot more questions but this was really enjoyable I loved hearing about Linkwood I think you did a, a fantastic job really putting a, a very uh, good summary on that giving people an idea and in uh, your practice and your specialty sounds sounds really interesting as well so um, thank you so much for your time I really appreciate it it's my pleasure thank you for having me on all right for all of you um, out there listening, we're going to have another fantastic doctor talking about another great area in Houston. So we look forward to, to talking with you then. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us on the Prescription for Living in Houston podcast. We've had a wonderful time discussing what it's like to work, eat, sleep, and play right here in the heart of Texas. If you're considering a move to Houston or within Houston, we're here to guide and assist you. Don't hesitate to reach out with a call or an email at dan at dhsrealtygroup.com. And remember, the charm of Houston lies in its diverse neighborhoods. So make sure to tune in next week where we'll be exploring another vibrant neighborhood in Houston, offering insights into its unique lifestyle and opportunities. Until then, stay safe and keep envisioning your perfect Houston living experience. Goodbye for now, and we'll catch you in our next episode.